is Jared and the GM on ESPN 1025. The game Titans Monday. Titans win yesterday against Tampa Bay in spite of their head football coach. And a lot of that had to do, if you're, if you're going to give the coach credit, you know where I would give the coach credit, Floyd? Uh, no. For the no decision clue. he made two weeks ago, the quarterback change, the move to bring in Ryan Tannehill as the starting quarterback of the Titans. Tannehill, 21-33, 193, three touchdowns, including when they turned it over. Tannehill quickly made them pay great throws to Sharp, great throw to Humphreys on the third down on the long drive. I thought yesterday, Floyd, and again, I did not go back and watch the game. Usually I will rewatch the game the next morning and kind of jot down some notes. I didn't do that this morning. If for no other reason, I could not listen to Matt Millen again. Uh, he was terrible yesterday calling the game. But uh, I did not go back and look and, and jot down what I thought, throw by throw or anything like that. But 193 yards. I, I turn on the morning show this morning, and I hear them complaining about, well, you know, yards per attempt weren't very high yesterday for Tannehill. And Tannehill didn't really make a lot of big throws. And Tannehill, And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, I thought Tannehill was awesome yesterday. Those third down throws to Humphreys and Sharp on that long drive, the touchdown throw to John U. Smith, those were some beautiful throws. And Tannehill, the one thing that he does, well, he does some a lot of things better than Marcus, but the one thing that he does better than Marcus is when he makes a bad throw or makes a mistake, it doesn't affect him on the next drive, on the next play, on the next throw. It doesn't affect him at all. He is just the same cool, calm, whatever, every play. And it's like he throws the one interception that gets taken back, and then on the next play he throws it again and it gets intercepted. He doesn't care. I love watching Ryan Tannehill play quarterback, and so I know people could criticize the 193 and the fact that Jameis threw for 301 and that Tampa Bay had the 32nd rated pass defense coming in and all of that, but just from what I saw watching the game, I thought Tannehill was awesome yesterday is awesome too much to use to describe how Tannehill played yesterday. That might be, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I thought it was good. I thought the drive that put us ahead, the 90-yarder in the fourth quarter, was the best drive we've had in I don't know how many games. I mean, I thought it was just an outstanding drive for, for a, a ton of reasons. But, I mean, I thought, you know, we got in a situation where – we had to do something, and and for us to take it and do and go ninety yards with it, is has not been standard, uh, and yet they, he was able to do it. So I mean, I give him all the credit in the world for that drive, and and it wasn't just him, but I mean he played a big part in it, and and made some completions through uh, got Janu and. And the slots, and I think by that time we finally realized where the ball was going. We just didn't, uh, we did not adjust early. And I don't know if it was the quarterback or the receiver or we did, but to whatever they were doing to us from a coverage standpoint, they, I'll say this now, their 31st ranked defense or whatever it was against the pass, they were not afraid of our receivers. 32nd. 32nd. I mean, they jumped on our receivers, they were on them. And uh, and it forced us to go someplace else with the ball. I think one so. thing, the one I think one big thing that I don't overlook as to why Tampa like is if you just watched that game, 
There's no way you'd walk out watching that game thinking Tampa has the worst pass defense in the NFL. There's no way you could watch that game and think Tampa is the worst in the league. I think JPP added a huge element to that. I'm, I'm looking at that defensive line, and you got Barrett like he shot out of a cannon on every play. JPP, Vea, and Sue. The, them some big boys up there now. Those are some bad guys up there. And so, to me, I, I mean, I thought the thing about Tannehill was it just felt like he was so cool and so calm and so everything the whole game. Nothing, a third down never phased him. A second and long never phased him. And maybe it's because of the way Marcus used to act and how Marcus would make a bad throw. And then, you know, it's like everyone had to hold Marcus's hand in prayer that he would throw a good pass for the next 20 minutes until he could forget about the throw he just had. Tannehill, he throws a bad ball, he gets right back up, throws another one, doesn't care. Well, the thing that, that made all the difference in the world in the game was was the three times that that we got the turnovers and got good field position. He went down and scored touchdowns. Immediately. Three Three of his or his three TD passes. No, the two uh, of them. The third was on the ninety. Or two and whatever. And and but I mean they they all got down in there and he found a way to get the ball to all of them. I mean in in all of them. And and I'm not sure, you know, with Marcus, if we wouldn't have had to kick at least one field goal in there someplace, and that would have been the difference in the game, maybe. You know, so. Uh, I think him being able to get down in the red zone or get the ball in the red zone and going ahead with it and scoring made a, a world of difference. And that's that's why you can, you know, throw for 40 yards or whatever we threw for in the first half and yet be ahead. Well, I told you that yesterday on the pregame show that I think the reason Tampa's defense was 30th in the league and giving up points but 21st in yards was because they turned it over for short fields so much. And that's exactly what happened yesterday is Jameis turned it over and Tannehill made him pay. And here's the other thing that I think is a difference from the Marcus offense to the Tannehill offense. On the long drive that the Titans scored the 90-yard touchdown on, Tannehill to Janu for 17, Tannehill incomplete, Tannehill to Janu for 20. So now you're rolling. So you've had three plays, Tannehill's picked up 17 and 20 yards. The next play, Derrick Henry almost breaks off a run, takes it to the Tampa 11. And Michael Pruitt gets called for holding. Now, what would have happened to the Marcus Titans there? Good oh, drive, a lot of momentum, yeah. holding, bring it back. Yeah. Next play, first and 20, Tannehill to Humphreys for eight. So now you're at second and 12. Second and 12 is not the end of the world. I mean, do you want to be in second and 12? No. But Tannehill, you can see with him, like, he's fine with being in second and 12 because it's so much better than second and 20. That he's like, hey, let me throw this little short pass on the check down to Humphreys or whatever. Let Humphreys get his eight, and now let's kind of get back and start it over again, second and 20, or second and 12. And on second and 12, he hits Davis for eight, and now it's third and four. That's great quarterbacking, in my opinion, especially compared to the quarterbacking that we've been watching. And I am not here to just, you know, crap all over Mariota, because that's not what I'm trying to do. But the two games I've watched, there have been things where I've said, you know, with Marcus, not sure would have been able to do. Like the Corey Davis touchdown two weeks ago against the Chargers. With Marcus, I'm not sure Marcus would have chucked that ball right in there for Corey Davis. With those throws he made for the touchdowns and then not letting the Pruitt holding penalty ruin the entire drive yesterday, 
that's just not used to what I'm seeing. And I think, I really think Tannehill is playing great. I don't know what that means long term. I don't know what that means short term. I mean, Carolina has a nice little defense. Maybe you go there, Tannehill looks, turns into a pumpkin. But through two games, I like what I see. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can deny, like you know, liking what he's doing. And it's changed I mean, entire I, team. I don't think that's there's any. Well, you know what it is is they they have some reliability. They have something they can count on. Some trust. You know, they feel like uh, if I do what I'm supposed to, he's going to get me the ball. And so, and and he does. You know, if you do what, hey, we need to start doing this. Then fine, let's do it, and he'll get you the ball. And I think they've they've got confidence in that. So, um, I mean, I, I, there there is no doubt the offense feels well. It's not the team, the whole team. There's no doubt the team feels much better about themselves right now than they did three weeks ago. And again, you try to say this and say not a knock to Marcus, but it really is. I mean, it really well, is. indirectly. That, I mean, I you mean, can't it, say. It, it, I mean, it is when you watch Tannehill do things that are simple that it feels like are simple in the NFL. And you just get so giddy about him because you're not used to seeing it. And that's, that's how I feel about Tannehill. I, I love Tannehill. I do. Two weeks, I know. Look, Jared's crazy. I get it. But, I mean, I thought he just played his butt off yesterday. You know, he, I thought he was going to get pulled uh, when Vita Vea hit him in the head and he got up. I thought he was going to get pulled for a concussion check. Like that independent spotter was going to take him out of the game. And I'm like, oh, dear God. Now Marcus has to come in the way this sloppy game has been played. I didn't want any part of that. And I love Marcus, but, man. Loaded phones, we're right to him next. 615-737-1025, your thoughts on the Titans game? Again, a Tannehill I thought was fantastic. I don't care how many yards he threw for. That, see, that's a fantasy football thing. I don't care about that. I care about winning the game, three touchdowns for Tannehill. To your phones next, Jared and the GM on a Titans Monday. It's ESPN 1025 The Game, live from the wholesaling studio, powered by RumbleOn.com and streaming on the Game Nashville app. They're looking for help right here. Now, he knows he's in trouble. So he's asking for people, and you can see the trouble. It's three on two. He's like, get over here. And so they just run a quick slant to the inside. The help came way too late. And by the way, this is a great throw. Third goal, Tannehill. Looking for shot. Makes the over the shoulder catch. Excellent coverage, but a better throw. This is a great throw. Titans are two for two on the drive on third down. Four for ten on the day. One man. Third and goal at the eight. Tannehill to the inside. Ryan Tannehill, two weeks, two wins, five touchdowns. The uh, the pass to Sharp was for real. That was a money throw. And Sharp's catch was outstanding, even though you don't like him. I like that Sharp fine. He doesn't like outstanding. me. Outstanding. I mean, he was, that was a big time play by both those guys. I would say this, and we talked about this last week with Davis. You know, we've... 
I've criticized Tajay Sharp for a long time because Tajay would show up for a game and then you wouldn't see him for a month and a half. Tajay's last touchdown catch was in November of last year before he caught one against the Chargers. He's caught one in back-to-back weeks. And it makes me think, and again, I'm not trying to pile on Marcus, but you're trying to figure out here, hey, is it? I mean, I don't know if Ferkser even played a down before Tannehill took over his quarterback. And Ferkser, if he can hang on to the ball, Ferkser is making big play after big play. What did you think of that drop by Ferkser yesterday? Awful. Terrible. He is so weak. He is so weak physically. He's a a really skilled pass catcher, but he is so weak physically. I mean, even on that pass interference call, which he got lucky he got and wasn't an interception, I mean, weak. But Janu has come alive since Tannehill's taken over. Tajay, by his standards, has has come alive since he's taken over. Um, I'm loving Tannehill. I'm loving Tannehill. I think you're seeing. I think you're seeing him throw the ball to the guys that he's practiced with. Well, I mean, he threw the ball to Davis true. and Brown last week, so I'm thinking that that. Yeah, but I mean, be. I think like this this week. I mean, he's got great confidence in all those guys. So instead of having confidence in in just the starters, I mean, he's got confidence in that whole group. Phones, we got loaded lines. Dan on Ryan Tannehill. What's up, Dan? Hey, Floyd. Just want to say one thing to you. Bless your heart, buddy. I don't know how you work, Mr. Jerry, when the wind blows, which way the wind's blowing today. I called and talked to you, Jerry, about a year ago when Miami was going to play the uh, Titans, and you were trashing Tannehill left and right. Now he's a treasure. But I agree with you now. You've come to my side. Hey, I watched I, I, him. Hey, I'm, I'm a there. Dolphin fan. I've watched him since they drafted him. He was in a bad situation down there. It got worse. But when Gase took him, he started on an upward trajectory. He got hurt. And I just ask you to do one thing. You like uh, John Gruden, right? Me? Yep. No. Gruden, Gruden. You don't like Gruden? I mean, I like him on TV. I don't like him as a coach. Well, okay. This is before he went back to coaching. Go look at the 2012 quarterback when he does his quarterback reviews he did there at the uh, Combine. You know who he compares with Andrew Luck is the one coming out with the, the arm strength and the – I'm going to guess Tannehill. But I'm going to yeah. stop you there because Tannehill is not Andrew Luck. Thank you for your call. Um I mean, what John Gruden thought a decade ago does not matter to me. But, I mean, Tannehill, like, I'm trying to figure out if Tannehill's actually a good quarterback or if it's just the step up from what Marcus, at the level Marcus was playing at when Marcus got benched, if Marcus was that bad. Well, I mean, and no one will do that for you because the the game he played that he got benched under the bus. I mean, Marcus played horribly. And I think Marcus would tell you that. I mean, so that's, I don't think that's, you know, a fair comparison. I mean, that was, uh, that arguably may have been the worst game Marcus has ever played. Not arguably. It is the worst game so, he's ever played. you know, it's easy to, to compare anybody to that and, you know, be favorable on whoever the comparison's with. Steven has been holding patiently and is up next. Go ahead, Steven. Hey, how you doing? Hey, coach. I wonder how much they paying you to play uh, the coach on Mondays. You know, <laughs> not very good on Sundays. Um, two, uh, what's going on? Today you love Tannehill. Yesterday you didn't. Yesterday you love Marcus. Today you don't. I mean, pick a side. Stick on it. I mean, you're driving us crazy out here, man. See, this is the thing that I don't like. Thank you for the call. This is the thing I don't like is people are sitting there saying that I can't, like, 
Well, you know, two years ago I called in and you said Tannehill wasn't very good, and now you like Tannehill. What, do you want me to just have, be like Skip Bayless and just decide that I don't like LeBron? So no matter what LeBron does, and by the way, I can't even stand LeBron, but just because I don't like LeBron, every day I'm going to trash him because I don't like That's not how I operate. It's like Braden. God bless him, and I love him. Mean ya. Mean it. But, like, I mean, this morning he was throwing a fit about how Tannehill's yards per attempt wasn't good enough. Like, you know, the yards per attempt is just not very good. And so I text Nick. Like, I text Nick every day. Like, I text Braden on Friday when Nick was out. And I'm like, oh, I think that's a little ridiculous. Oh, Tannehill was great. So, so Nick teases that they're going to talk about the Vols. Like, coming up next, we'll get to the Vols. And then Braden like rants about me and my Tannehill belief or what I think about how Tannehill played yesterday. And I'm like, see, this is what I'm not going to get into is I'm not going to get into my, my personal love for Marcus so much that I'm not going to be open to Tannehill might be better because I've, I've watched two games and I see an effective offense, even though I don't love the play caller right now. I see an effective offense, and I see everybody playing better on offense than they were playing when Marcus was the quarterback. And they asked Vrabel today, you know, what, what's the difference uh, about the red zones in the last two weeks? And Vrabel starts talking about, you know, we spent a lot of time in the spring practicing the red zone. Well, it didn't translate for the first month of the season, Mike. Why not? I mean, Mike Vrabel can't say at a press conference, well, you know, Marcus was stinking it up, so we took him out. <laughs> But is that not the answer? Oh, I don't know. Like, what, what's I'm, changed I'm the last glad, two weeks? I'm just glad it's working now. Yeah, okay, coach. <laughs> Here we go. John on Vrabel's fake field goal. Go ahead, John. Hey, Jared. Hey, Jim. Hey, um, I, I wanted to talk about the, the uh, fake field goal. I think, I think it was a good call. Oh, no. Reason, now, listen, listen. The reason why I think it was a good call because it was so unexpected. I mean, no one thought he would ever fake that field goal. And when he did it, my heart dropped. But I just don't like him running the punter into the line. I was uh, If they would have passed or something, so, I think so it So you, you think that if they had gone out there and instead of having Brett Kern, the punter, hold this field goal, maybe they should have put Khalif Raymond out there to hold the field goal. And so it would have surprised them, but we would have had somebody else running for the Titans instead of uh, Brett Kern. Because it would have caught him off guard. You know what's funny? It did probably catch him off guard. But Devin White for for uh, almost for LSU. Devin White for Tampa is fast enough that when he gets surprised by Brett Kern running, he's fast enough to make the adjustment to go tackle Brett Kern before he can run ten yards. And Brett Kern slow enough that he could Devin White can outrun yeah. anybody. So that, that wasn't good. I mean, I go Bad back, combination. I go back to Devin White at the Combine. It was a Saturday morning. He cried after he ran the 40 because he ran it so fast that he knew he was going to be a top pick. That's the guy that was running with Brett Kern. Uh, Peyton is up next on Ryan Tannehill. Go ahead, Peyton. How you doing, man? Good. Good. Listen, bud, I'm not sure what game you watched yesterday. Ryan Tannehill was not good. If if the defense doesn't force-feed you two turnovers and give you the ball at the 20, Tampa Bay comes in Nashville and stomps Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill at the end of the third quarter was 5 for 12 for 63 yards. 
He was not good yesterday. Again, this he is not fantasy like, football. I don't I don't understand like the idea of well, he didn't throw for enough yards. The fact is they turned the ball over because that's what Jameis Winston does. He doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, Tannehill, Jameis turns the ball over, and all of a sudden Tannehill puts the ball in the end zone, which the Titans had had a really hard time doing before he took over his quarterback. Well, I mean, it's not that hard when you get the ball in the 20. I mean, what, do you, what else do you expect? They were actually getting the ball in like the 6. But to your point, thank you for the call, To I mean, you can sit there and say, well, it's not that hard to put in the end zone when the ball's in the 6. Have you seen the Titans operate in the red zone this season? Well, I don't think – I mean, he – you know, the numbers, and I know you don't like the numbers when they're not in your favor, but... <laughs> I'm like Bill Belichick. I think stats those, are for losers. Those numbers are not good. I mean, you can't... It's hard to defend those numbers. But I don't need the quarterback to... Th- I don't, I'm not playing fantasy football. I don't need 900 yards every game. And I think Tannehill's proven the last two weeks, if he's got to throw for 300 yards, he can throw for 300 and win you the game. If he's going to take what you give him because you turn it over, he's going. Like, you want to know when Tannehill threw for his most yards? When they got down and they needed him to throw it, he threw it and got you the yards you needed. That's good quarterbacking. I'm not, I'm just saying you can't defend that whole game of Tannehill now. You can try. But you can't. There's no defending that. And I'm, and I'm not taking it away. I mean, I think this. I think they did a great job of two things. They did a great job of taking away the uh, outside receivers, and they were putting pressure on the quarterback now. Yeah, they got pressure. They were knocking the quarterback around a little bit, and that made it hard. I mean, our outside guy, we had, I, I want to say we had three drop balls in like the first half. And so there were things that were not going the way, you know, you want them to. But we weren't, you know, we weren't turning the ball over. We were still going out there. I mean, at the end, in the end of the first half, the time of possession was ridiculous. I want to say, I marked it down here at some point in time. But at the end of the first half, the, the, uh, the end of the first quarter time of possession Nothing. was 10 18 to 442 and let's me pull up the end of the half oh okay, here you go first half summary the time of possession at the end of the first half was uh, uh, I don't know why it's not on here but time of possession was terrible it was awful and and we just couldn't get first downs uh, twenty um, twenty thirty six to nine twenty four. Yeah, nine minutes. Not not even ten minutes in the first half. I didn't think the defense was going to survive. Oh, they now, were. Gassed. I looked at the score and I said, "Okay, we're ahead. All all of that is well and good, but the defense cannot. If we can't hold the ball ball more than you know eighteen minutes in a game, then we're not going to win this thing. I don't care what happens." Well, I blame Arthur Smith's game and plan. So I know you do. And so, you know, my my point being that um, uh, the defense continued to play magnificent football and kept us in that game. And and finally, when it came to the second half, we finally got to a point where we were getting some first downs. So uh, primarily because we were throwing the ball inside to those guys. Exactly. See, I blame Arthur Smith's game plan 
for why the Titans, plus the Titans were in no hurry to try to force things when Jameis kept turning the ball over in the first half. But as soon as they got into the second half, Titans' first drive of the second half, Tannehill's moving them right down the field. Tannehill to Janu, big gain. Tannehill to Ferkser, 23. They get the big run from Derrick Henry, and then he goes out and fumbles the ball. Is that Tannehill's fault? But that's... I have a theory on this. I'll get to you next, and then we're right back to the phones. Jared and the GM, 615-737-1025. It's ESPN 1025, the game. Why is it so much more efficient in the red zone the last couple of weeks? Well, we made a huge commitment to it in the spring. Um, when you have the, the, the passing camps, the, the non-contact OTAs that you know, you're trying to establish um, you know, a base foundation and then work some plays off of it maybe – uh, each week that you you feel like are a scheme play, but but I do think that the players are comfortable in what's being called and what they're being asked to do. Tajay, we continue to practice. You know, I mean, Tajay's had good weeks of practice. You know, did, did a great job on the fade ball. You know, a, a route that we worked with AJ over and over to try to have a lot of confidence in it. And then in, in Johnu's case, um, a, a player that that ran a decisive route. It was a little behind him. Uh, he made a great catch, and I think there was just good timing on that run. That was Vrabel. Why have you guys been so more, so much more effective over the last? Well, you know, we spent a lot of time in the spring working on it. Uh, Mike, why weren't you more effective then in September or early on those kind of things? But he won't say it, and he shouldn't say it. Uh, but I think Tannehill may be the difference here. So I had a thought yesterday during the game, and this was after Derrick Henry fumbled the ball. And how many games did the Titans lose, or how many games did Marcus not play well, and we, and by we I'm really talking about myself and, and Braden, we would say things like, look, they all dropped the ball. They fumbled the ball. Is it, is it Mariota's fault that Derrick Henry dropped, fumbled the ball? I mean, and I'm watching yesterday's game, and during yesterday's game until the end, I was thinking to myself, watching them play, is it Tannehill's fault? That they're dropping the ball. Ferkser drops the ball. Somebody else dropped the ball. Derrick Henry fumbles the ball. They can't block that Tampa pass rush. Is it Tannehill's fault? And I got to give full marks to Tannehill that that's not a discussion today because they he still went out there and found a way to win the game. Even it, even though Corey Davis went back to his hiding spot where, you know, Corey, where, Corey, where's Corey? He went back to his hiding spot. He said, you know what, fine, I'll do it with John U. Smith and Anthony Ferkser. And he did it. And I think he deserves credit for that because we've talked so long about when those guys wouldn't do it for Marcus. That's not, that's, uh, the coverage dictated that. I mean, that's where the ball should go. Well, then he did it right so, Yeah, I mean, he did what he was supposed to do. Throw the ball inside to those guys. If they're taking your outside receivers away, throw the ball inside. We tried to do the same thing to them. And guess what? We still Evans couldn't cover nuts. Evans. Yeah. yeah. But we got the, you know, we got uh, Godwin out of it. And so what happens then? Now you're going to start going throwing the ball inside. So all of a sudden the tight ends start making more receptions. And um, so, I mean, I, we were just lucky that the tight ends – played as well as they did, especially Smith. You know, Smith, uh, uh, and and for whatever reason, I don't know what the reason is. Um, I mean, he, Tannehill, really has confidence in Smith now. I mean, you can tell there's a connection there. 
And so he he knows he can where he can put the ball, and that Smith's going to go up and get it. And um, I mean, he's he's going to end up being a favorite. I don't know what Delaney's deal is, but you know, a, a game like yesterday, if Delaney's in there, I mean, maybe you have two tight ends that are lighting it up. Who knows? Not and not a lot of boneheaded stuff from Johnu yesterday, which has been your big, you know, bone got to pick one. With him. Yeah, yeah, got one, yeah, that false start. Always some. <laughs> Let's go to your phones. Michael, on the stadium yesterday, thank you for calling. Go ahead, Michael. Okay, so everybody is happy we won two games, right? Okay. Okay, so where was the fan support yesterday? The seats have been empty the last two weeks. And yesterday looked worse than the week before. So, so uh, I just wanted to get your guys' thought on that. Did you go to the game, or were you watching on TV? I was watching it on TV. Okay, so I I went to the game two weeks ago. Thank you for the call, Michael. I went to the game against the Chargers, and I thought the, uh, I mean, I thought the crowd for the Chargers was was great. You know, I thought they were fired up. I thought they were into it. I thought there were a lot of people there. I mean, I was kind of surprised at how full the Chargers game was, considering how lousy the Titans had been playing going into the Charger game. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't go to the game yesterday, and I could have gone to the game yesterday, and I didn't go to the game yesterday. I didn't feel like it. You know, it was so dreary looking outside, and then you got park, uh, you know, on the stadium side, and walk across the bridge for the pregame show, and walk across bridge back to the game, and the game's long. Is that? I just assume watch game at home yesterday. We talked about that off the air before the pregame show about how I was just like, nah, just didn't feel like it going to the game, and kind of glad I didn't go to the game. And I mean, maybe. So I can't judge the crowd because I wasn't there. I didn't look at the crowd on TV, though, at all and think, man, this is a horrible crowd today. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, you I don't didn't. look at stuff I, No, like I don't pay attention to stuff like that, generally speaking. You never worry about it. Josh <laughs> on Tannehill and Vrabel. What's up, Josh? Hey, guys. Uh, so I called in a few weeks ago and uh, had a feeling Tannehill was about to get in and asked you guys to put it on the mahogany. And you guys were very smart in sidestepping that bet, so props to you. But um, I wanted to ask, (laughs) it it happened like the very next week, too, which was pretty awesome. But um, I wanted to ask, I know, uh, Jared, you've asked Floyd once before, but um, Floyd, when would you start talking to Tannehill and his agent about some type of extension? And and I I hear, I've heard you guys say a couple times that Tannehill chose the Titans because of the whole market situation, but I was under the impression that Tannehill, that, that J-Rob traded for Tannehill, and would that be you know, a good selling point for J-Rob to say, hey, we believed in you to give you your second chance, yada, yada, yada. So anyway, that's all I got. Thanks, guys. I mean, I think it would have to be some kind of a selling point, yeah. You know, I think, uh, and and I'm not, you know, farming J-Rob's land, but but I'm going to guess they'll wait a, you know, a few more weeks and and just hope this continues, you know, and I mean, let's face it. It would it would be nice one way or the other to come out of this season with a quarterback that that you've got some kind of confidence in, that the players have confidence in, and you know something you can build on. Um, and and I think that's what everybody is hoping for. And and as much as you don't want to do it, I mean, worst case scenario, you could franchise or you know transition or do something to him to to at least keep him. Um, if it if it came to that, but but I'm sure all that will will pop up here at some point in time. John and the Titans is up next. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, John. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. And uh, just a side note, I watched the game. The crowd was 
typical size-wise, but it was very loud and very engaged in the game. So uh, if you don't go, we are fair-weather fans here in Nashville and literally fair-weather fans. <laughs> the point I wanted to call about was for two weeks in a row, we have been down to five offensive linemen. And clearly after the game against the Chargers, you have some guys banged up. Why have we continued to resist bringing up another offensive lineman so we're not put in the position of having musical chairs? And, and I don't think having three tight ends in there solves the problem. Your thoughts, Floyd, and everybody. Thank you for the call. You know, that's it's a good point because you're right. I mean, this we were down yesterday to, to I think, zero backups. Yeah, Kelly had to play know. guard. Yeah, so you get to a point where you're – you're putting people where they haven't played or haven't practiced or, you know, we just we're tremendously lucky that we've got some guys that are really smart and, and can adjust. But, um, I mean, they're going to have to, they're going to have to subsidize that whole thing because that, you know, I, I don't know if it's guys you can't count on. I don't know. I mean, I, I watched Davis a snap or two yesterday against now Vita Vea is, is at, all oh, man. So I'm not, I mean, it was, but you want to see how you're going to have a chance to compare. And the couple of plays I saw, uh, he was he was in real trouble. And so I don't know how big, how thick, how, what he weighs, but for him to be able to handle guys like that, he needs to gain about 50 pounds. How did you think, <laughs> how did you think Jamal Davis did yesterday? I, I didn't really pay attention to, to uh, Jamal. Jamal Davis? I, yeah. Jamil Mike Vrabel today at his press conference called Jamil Douglas Jamal uh, Jamal Davis, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, Oh my god! Because you know Mike's gonna probably have someone's got to tell Mike, Hey, you said Jamal Davis. He's probably gonna have to say to Jamil Douglas, like, Hey, I screwed that up. I mean, I haven't slept, and the media is driving me nuts, especially Stillman. So you know, sorry, Jamil, but uh, I I think Douglas is playing fine. I think Davis is what he is. Uh, but yes, to the point of the caller. I think they probably are kicking themselves that they that they that they went into the game with seven offensive linemen, which is generally speaking what you usually go into the game with, right? Seven uh, or eight. Yeah, that's not unusual. So they, but you don't have them go down in gross. No, not pop pop. But after they did last week, maybe carry. They they took nine linebackers into the game. You know, do you really need nine linebackers uh, in a game? And then they did not use Kareem Moore, a defensive back who was called up off the practice squad. He did not even play in the game. He and Marcus were the two players who did not enter into the game at all. And I, I you know, are you kicking yourself for that that you deactivated Stenny or Pamfield and yeah, you kept up Kareem Moore? But I'm sure they had a reason for that. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. It is Titans Monday, but we'll take a quick breather. Coming up next, how about Jeremy Pruitt, Jarrett Garantano, and the Tennessee Volunteers? And their win over South Carolina. We'll discuss that next. Jared and the GM. It's ESPN 1025, the game. T. Shroud and Juwan Jennings on the field tonight have been terrific. Jared Garantano with a terrific performance in his own right before coming out with an injury through for 229 yards. And look at the hug he just got from Jeremy Pruitt. What a difference a week makes. Tennessee ambushes South Carolina in the second half after the Gamecocks led heading to the third quarter. These two guys talk a lot, both coming from the Saban coaching tree as the Vols get the win tonight to improve the 3-5. and five. 
Floyd, what did you think of the Tennessee win on Saturday against South Carolina? That was kind of a wild and weird kind of game. And Garantano comes in and makes some plays. And then Shrout comes back in and throws a bullet for a touchdown. I mean, you brought up last week, even in the losing, you think Tennessee's getting better. Hard to argue that the team that lost to Georgia State isn't getting better after they the way they played yesterday against South Carolina. Well, and I and I thought this game was going to be pivotal for the rest of the year, and and having won it, now they just have to take advantage of it. But you know, Jeremy Pruitt kept saying, "Hey, you know what? We're we're getting better. We're working. We're you know he was he was telling the truth, and nobody wanted to listen. And now you watch these last couple of games, and you go, you know what? They are getting better." They really are doing things better. And uh, and I think we saw that. You know, you figure you beat South Carolina and you're having to rotate quarterbacks, which nobody loves to do, uh, and, yet it's, and yet it's working. So um, I, I don't know. I mean, I was thoroughly impressed. And I think I, I'll tell you who really – I mean, Jennings is – is the real deal. I mean, he's not I, – I hope he runs at the Combine. I don't know how fast he is. But as far as just playing, I mean, he is a playmaker. And uh, and so, I mean, they they made and, – and the little receiver, the punt returner. Um, Callaway. He, he, yeah, Callaway killed it. I mean, the punt returner was gigantic. But those guys were making plays. The quarterbacks were getting the balls to ball to them. I mean, they were they were blocking the defensive line was playing. I mean, I was I was thoroughly impressed with, you know, you look at all the things that we were going to a month ago. We were saying now oh, this can't do this and can't do that, and you know he's going to get fired. He's he's not the right guy, and you know what? All of a sudden here they're sitting. So, um, and if you can beat South Carolina the way you beat South Carolina, you can win all the rest of these games now. UAB, Missouri, Kentucky, Mandy. Yeah. So you know it, it's a matter of okay, you know what's out there in front of you, and now let's let's see if you can do it. And if they can, then you know. They're on their way. So I have a couple of takes from the game. First off, I think one of them is not only are they getting better, I feel like they're getting like a, more of a leadership team, if that makes any sense. The the older guys, Jennings, Callaway, Batuli, Taylor, like those guys are all making big – I mean, to me, the, the play that ended the game was the block punt. When they got the block punt for a touchdown – to me, that was that ended any chance South Carolina had of coming back in the game. Garantano has a beautiful throw into the end zone for Jennings, and Garantano stood in there and got killed with that throw. So, for all the people that were bad mouthing Garantano after his dumb decision against Alabama, I thought Garantano looked great out there on Saturday for the Vols. You're right about Jennings; he is a playmaker, and he, I think, has energized that entire football team. You know, the way that he plays, I think, affects everybody there. Uh, that being said, I think college football is tricky in the sense that you get excited about the Vols after this week, but let's see it, you know, for a couple more weeks. I mean, I'm guessing that Shrout is probably going to be the starting quarterback against UAB, and I didn't think Shrout looked all that impressive when he first started the game against South Carolina. He looked much better when he came in after Garantano got hurt. But you're going to be on your third quarterback for the rest of these games. Two weeks ago, we would have thought they had no shot against Missouri. Missouri looks to be horrible. 
Now, I didn't watch them play Kentucky. I watched them play Vandy. I did not watch Missouri play Kentucky. But if you're going to get killed by a Kentucky team that has no quarterback, like how bad must you be? Vandy's got no quarterback. Kentucky's got no quarterback. They both beat you. I mean, you know, again, I think if you look at these next games, I mean, with four games, they can win them all. And if they do win them all, then that would give them, what, six or seven wins? I mean, they're bow-bound and and on their way. If they win them all, so, I give it seven. So if you get seven wins, be great. I think everybody would pee their pants Yeah. when you go back to week one and week two in those losses. And then you think of the Vols have been a nine-win team this year. And I, mean, I think the biggest thing, too, and I know people don't want to hear this, but I think Garantano is playing like a much different player ever since he got benched. When he came in for Maurer in the Mississippi State game, and they wouldn't let him throw the ball, and then he had to throw the ball a couple times, he's been a different player ever since that. Yeah, I mean, benching you will do that now. <laughs> It'll change your outlook on things. Uh, and then the fumble last week, I mean, I, or against Alabama. Uh, I mean, I guess they, they handled that, or he handled that about as well as you you could expect. You know, he asked the coach if he'd get up and talk to the team, and he talked to the team and apologized to him, and you know, kind of put all that to bed. And so, any of the ill will or you know harsh feelings that m- might have been there, you know, were were had had disappeared or were no longer there. Were you stunned how easy Tennessee made it look against a team that beat Georgia two weeks ago? I, I was stunned at how solid Tennessee looked as a team. Because a couple of weeks ago, I mean, Tennessee was was not a pretty sight. And now here a couple of weeks later, I mean, they look like a legitimate team. You know, you can look at a lot of things on that team and you can go, yeah, I can see how they can do that. Yeah, look at those receivers. Yeah, what about that quarterback? Wow, what a throw, you know. So, um, I mean, I am really impressed at all, at all that. And and you you want to think – you want to think that it's it's you know the the coach's program that is finally taking hold those guys are buying into it they're all you know now getting to a point where they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and it's paying off and that you know the coach can show them that say look this is what we ask you to do you're doing it see the results and and uh, and if if that's the case then you can really really sell that and and hopefully they will only want more. You know, hopefully they've had enough duress, enough downtime, enough negativity that they will really, really cherish, you know, a bunch of the positive things they're getting now. And they'll realize how important that is and, and really, really, you know, want to keep it. And you know, the other thing that I was really impressed with was, and, you know, I don't watch this stuff, the fans the fans at that game i mean they showed that stadium and i don't i don't usually pay attention but i thought when they showed the the downstairs the view of the the uh fans that there would at least be a you know a like a chunk a bunch of empty seats like the mississippi state game there was a big chunk yeah, there was nothing i mean there were fans and they were screaming they were having a heck of a time so uh i mean that credit we need to give the fans credit i mean they've They've continued to support, and hopefully this will pay off for them, too. Huge win for Tennessee Saturday. No way around. Absolutely monumental huge win. And the rest of the schedule seems kind of winnable. 
So that's a good step for Jeremy Pruitt. Back to the Titans. Coming up next, Mike of Rabel claims he never gets questioned on the controversial calls that work. Why he's so wrong about that. We'll get to that next. Jared and the GM, right here at ESPN 1025, the game.